Hi there. We'd like to welcome you to the virtual kitchen table. We are Erin from Everlearning, Haley from Taking a Kinder Path, and myself, Ashley from Ashley as Mama and Storytime Shelves. We're gathering to have conversations about family life and home education, most specifically unschooling, which is sometimes known as self-directed education, or as I often refer to it, consent-based learning. We'll be sharing experiences and ideas, learning as we go. We hope you'll pull a chair up to the table and join us. So I, I have to say to both of you that when I think about, um, I'm going to guess a little bit here, but what I imagine one of the benefits would be to starting during the pandemic is possibly a lot less um, feeling of being under attack <laughs> from people for the decision. Because, you know, I think for me, that's definitely been the most difficult part of uh home education in general. And part of that could have been the era that we started in, right? So it was 2003, 2002, 2003. Um, so it was less common to begin with. But I, I still think that um, there was something about the pandemic that made it a little bit more okay to, to make that decision. I, I think it, it gave a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a, a push, you know, where maybe people can say, well, we just really enjoyed this time and we decided to keep going. Whereas I think for, for families that decided to, uh, to begin homeschooling outside of any sort of world event, there's just a lot of explaining you have to do <laughs> because people really, people really don't understand like, why, why would you do this? Um, so yeah, I do. I do wonder about that. And I have felt a little bit of envy about that. I have to be honest. <laughs> and I'm also two part question. I'm also interested in whether you think that your uh, background as teachers has made any, any difference because that's a huge question people get as well. Are you, are you trained to do this? Are you a trained teacher? Are you certified? Um, how will you know what you're doing? <laughs> so, yeah. Ashley said it earlier, I think that um, people always, you know, oh, yeah, of course, you can do this because you're a teacher. I get that all the time as well. And I've never had a single person doubt my decision to homeschool. And um, part of that, I think, is because of the people that I choose to associate with, you know, I'm around a lot of open minded, amazing friends and family. So I just am very lucky to have that kind of support in the first place. But I do think the teaching thing has a lot to do with it. And um, I, it, it's false. I mean, it is obviously false. Like you do not need to be a teacher to home educate. And it, it's just as much true that anyone can become a teacher. So, you know, there's um, what I learned in, in my studies of becoming a teacher, there was a lot of psychology and child development, of course, but I think a lot of homeschooling parents do that sort of research. And they inform themselves about how kids learn. And so they're just as educated as we would be in that regard. And then most of what you learn about teaching comes through practice with kids and actually doing the thing. So if you're doing the thing with your kids, it's, it, it's a perfect example of unschooling, really, isn't it? Because you do the thing and you're interested in the, in the thing you learn how to do it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think that's, you know, a false sense of security to think that, oh yeah, being a teacher, like 
officially gives you this like stamp of, you know, approval. Yes, you're qualified. It's, it's just silly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I never knew how to respond when I, when someone would say that, um, because I had a lot of mixed feelings about it, but it's really true. You do not have to be a teacher. Um, and I feel like what I learned, like my teaching background didn't teach me how to home educate my children. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, uh, I don't know what other people like non-teachers think teachers know how to do. Like I even think now I've never taught my own class. I've only ever worked as an occasional teacher. So if I have to go in and teach, you know, like say I take a job where I teach a grade five class for a year, I have a lot of learning to do and I'm going to do most of that next to them. So, I mean, that's just what we're doing with our kids at home. Um, yeah, exactly what, what Jenna said. We have, the background, but parents learn so much about that stuff as well. Um, there was something, oh, I was thinking in regards to a benefit to starting home education um, during the pandemic and being isolated and not like, well, that was a challenge, not being in person with other homeschool families. I think when I, I was thinking about it before today, I think there was a benefit to that where it kind of gave me the space to really just focus on our own journey and what worked for us. Whereas if I hadn't been around more homeschool parents and hearing about them talk about Charlotte Mason and all, you know, different curriculums and different approaches. And I think that would have really influenced me more than I'd like to admit. And that would have played a real big factor. Whereas I didn't have any of that at all. And so I was able to really, just pay attention to my kids and what seemed to work for us and then turn to, you know, the books and the podcasts that made sense to me. I chose them. I didn't even have people recommending them. And I, I was able to go down that really was like my own unschooling journey about unschooling. Um, so I think that was actually a benefit. Um, as far as having um, family and friends, um, like question our decision to home educate and for the few that know that we unschool because I usually just say we homeschool like when I meet someone or they ask I just use the term homeschool because I mean I didn't know the term unschooling more than two years ago myself um, but I'm lucky like our family is very supportive or not brave enough to question us I'm not sure um, I do I was talking to friend, a couple other homeschool friends this morning like just today about this how I've actually noticed this past school year, I've stopped being asked a lot. For a while there, it was, you know, there was virtual school for everyone. And then most of the kids went back to school. And then um, I don't know if, it, I, I don't know why, I don't know what changed, but I feel like now people all of a sudden, they're becoming more uncomfortable again, asking about it. I think that's what's happening. Like even pretty not like super close friends but friends I see on a regular basis they're not asking anymore they're not asking hey how home how's homeschooling going it's like a topic that's become avoided or at least that's how I'm perceiving it which I'm finding really interesting and a couple of my friends said that it was similar for them as well so I thought well I don't know what's going on there maybe because you know, most of the kids have gone back to school and even the ones who kind of home educated a little bit longer they're all going back and I 
so I wonder, I'm sure there's questions and thoughts, but they're not coming towards me, which is a little bit of a shame because I'm happy to talk about it. Um, give me the opportunity. Um, so yeah, there is a little bit of that still, I find. That is interesting. It, it, it also makes me wonder about the age thing, Ashley, your oldest is eight. Yeah. I, I don't know. I found that when we first made the decision, it was a big, a big thing. People had lots of, so it was kind of like the JK thing. There were lots of questions. And then again, at grade one, and then we kind of sailed for a few years. And then it was more when we got to like grade seven and eight, that people, um, the questions began again. So who knows? It might even be a little bit related to age, right? Because I think there are these milestones that people are kind of like, okay, well, they're going to do this for this amount of time. But I wonder about, you know, grade one, or I wonder about high school. Um, yeah. yeah, just a thought. But yeah, no, I think you're right. And that's my friends and I, the conversation kind of went in that direction today. And people, you know, maybe having more comfort around younger children, um, being at home during the earlier years, but then, you know, things have to get more serious and you have to buckle down. And at some point you have to go to school. And I mean, I think a lot of that is just a lack of awareness um, that even myself, I probably would have had if we weren't home educating and we had to send the kids back to school. Um, I think sometimes I am glad people don't ask, like people out that we run into in the neighborhood and stuff don't ask because I almost find I don't know where to even start. Cause I feel like I have and I'm sure Jenna, you can relate to this, like I've dived deep into this topic and into this world and into this community that it's hard for me to remember where I was only a couple of years ago. So when somebody's like, well, tell me a little bit about unschooling. I'm like, I don't know where to start for you because I've gone so far that I'm like, give me a minute. And it's not an easy thing for me to explain. So I just, I like send them to your podcast or something like that. Um, so maybe not being asked the question now actually works for me. And then I will, you know, when they start maybe asking again, as the boys get older, I'll be able to formulate a little bit better of an answer for them. I need like an elevator pitch. <laughs> a little. I always wonder, I always wonder if people who are like, you know, maybe criticizing in their mind about what we're doing, if they have actually listened to my podcast and then think I'm so like, <laughs> so far gone that they're like I'm just not gonna address this topic with Jenna because she yes. is off the deep end <laughs> like, so I I kind of you know and that's the great thing about actually having the podcast because I can just be like well I talk a lot about it and da, da, da. but um I've had homeschoolers you know like ask me about what we're doing and stuff and I'm like well I have a podcast it, it, it does make it easy you just need a podcast Ashley <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I would love it if Kiki was here because I think that's probably um, at least one reason as to why she has started a podcast because we like talking about this stuff because we're interested in it, but we need to talk to people who, who are also interested in it. Otherwise mm -hmm. it's just too difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also how much time you have with the person who's asking, right? So you yeah. have the ask off the cuff and you're thinking, well, Hmm. we have a minute <laughs> you're just asking so I need that one or two sentences um and then if it's somebody who you think you know maybe is genuinely interested and you have a little more time it's a bit easier but it's making that that call when people ask you know how how interested are you actually and how much time do we have 
So, yeah. We, like, one, one thing that I usually say, I, I just realized, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this is usually how I explain it. I just, I say that we follow, we, I don't mention unschooling because, like you say, I just don't think people are aware of what that means but they can kind of get it, wrap their head around the idea of self-directed education because it has it in the name, you know? So we, we just say like, um, we kind of let Logan choose his, you know, what he wants to learn about. And then, you know, that's it. That's like, <laughs> they're like, okay. And then if they're really like wanting that longer explanation, you'll get the follow-up questions. But most of the time that suffices. People are like, oh, okay, I get it, you know? But I wanted to say also one one of the things I wanted to mention that was a positive, because I said a lot of negative, and I think that that just is our experience with it. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm so happy that we're homeschooling and it worked out in a lot of ways. But um, but one of the really good positive things was and this may not be true for everybody, but there's my spouse, my husband was home because of the pandemic as well. And what was interesting is I, I think about what it would have been like if he had been working all day and then coming home and hearing about the learning process and having me like relay that to him versus him actually witnessing and observing it and then us having loads of extra time um, because there's no commute and all of that to talk about it. And there was a lot of apprehension from his part. I mean, this, this was so hard because I was doing the absorbing of the knowledge about unschooling and that I was relaying what I was learning and he was not on board, you know, at the beginning, he was like, okay, I understand, but yeah, there was always a, but, and, um, but I, I think over time, you know, there would be instances, for example, where like one, one example is our son's computer wasn't working and he wanted to, fix it. I mean, his games are on there. So like, that's really important to him. And I don't know anything about fixing computers. So he worked with my dad, um, who is more knowledgeable and like looked into, took the whole computer apart, blah, 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 like tried to figure it out. They didn't, they weren't successful, but who cares about that? They just, they learned a lot. He learned a lot about the mechanisms of the computer and how it's put together. And I was like, there's an example right there. Like, and, and there were many situations like that, but I was able to show him, you know, like he can observe it for himself and it made our relationship less tense because we were on board. We were like both like seeing the things happening and it wasn't just me dictating what was happening at home. And like, yeah, it wasn't, it, it was concrete, you know, for him to see it and actually believe it. So that was a huge positive and I don't know how it would look alternatively right if he had gone to work and I was just describing maybe it would have been better I don't even maybe it would have been like oh yes this is this is amazing it's working well and he would have he would have no idea <laughs> but I do think that it made us all like on board and and yeah more in line with one another's thinking so I love that Jenna I wouldn't have thought of that that makes a lot of sense yeah Absolutely. Be able to, to be part of it and see it. And as you said, even have the time to have the conversations, right? So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we, we had a last talking point, which was just my observation. Um, I, I think I was thinking again, back to my 
earlier days, maybe my first several years even, and how I found that people kind of came into homeschooling community with a little bit of hesitation. And of course, it depends on who people are and what their personality is. But, you know, I remember joining an in-person homeschool group and probably the first I would say maybe two or three years, I was just kind of edging in a bit. My, my kids were younger. Um, in the end, I ended up co-facilitating the group. Like I eventually got very involved, but I did find that there was more of a holding back. And I, I don't think that that was unusual. I think lots of families did that. And what I've noticed in these past couple of years is people just jumping in, um, in really good ways. I mean, Jenny, you talked about how you started a podcast, you know, as a way of learning and, you know, just finding out from people different perspectives. And prior to this, I feel like um, people who started podcasts had been at it for a long time. And I could be wrong, but that's, that's how it feels to me. And then, you know, there's just such a great, uh, there's so much online information now. And a huge amount of it is from newer, newer people. Um, It's not just veteran people. So that's just been interesting to me both. And and in person too, I think people jumped in. Uh, It's been harder to make connections. But as you said, Ashley, like you just knew you had to do it. (laughs) So you, you went for it, right? (laughs) Whether you wanted to or not, it was like, oh, I've got to do this. And yes, it's a pandemic, but um, yeah. And I mean, I think people people were uncomfortable. I think I was uncomfortable as well. Um, but I don't know if I would have, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it would have looked like. Um, so that's just interesting to me as well, whether that has anything to do with the pandemic and the fact that, uh, there's just so much more, there's so much more virtual support, I think from people. And maybe that's, part of it and there's kind of an energy that grows around that I I don't know if either of you have any thoughts on that but um it's been interesting to me there's another uh Jenna there's of course your podcast and the homeschool project podcast is another one that uh I've enjoyed and their whole thing was kind of the same they're they're, they're learning as they go and I was like wow this is interesting yeah yeah, are you, I'm, I'm curious, Erin, are you suggesting like it was difficult for you to, um, to feel confident with your decision in homeschooling or just like diving into a community of other people who are homeschooling or both? Mm, I think it was difficult. Uh, I think I felt good about my decision to homeschool. I think, I think it took longer. So it, it could have been my personality, but I, I think I observed it with other people as well. I think it took longer to do things like jump into leadership positions. Um, I think I don't remember anybody writing about homeschooling or unschooling or, I mean, podcasting was maybe not as common, but it was around. Um, I don't remember people. I just don't remember people jumping in either publicly or even in leadership positions in the first few years. And I don't think that people felt as confident, I guess, maybe in the theory and the philosophy. So you might feel comfortable in your own decision to homeschool. 
But now, you know, I'll sometimes read really, really, I mean, great thoughts in blog posts and podcasts. And I'm like, wow, this person's only been at this for two years. And they're speaking like with confidence and sometimes almost authority about it. And it's just interesting to me. Um, So I don't know if some of it is even just uh, the time. It it might just be the era. It might not even be the pandemic. Uh, But yeah, there's just been an explosion of, of information and it just seems like people are, are feeling more confident about it, which I think is great. I think that has a lot to do with social media, probably in my, in my very, like, you know, the time I'm taking to think about about that right now, I just, I feel like we're more, we're more confident sharing our lives. And I think that a lot of people um, are, because they're sharing maybe more vulnerable things about themselves now on social media, it's become more trendy to be authentic, which is really nice and refreshing. Um, But I think that I think that, yeah, you have like this sense of confidence and whether it's real confidence or false confidence, it's, it's still there, you know? And I think, I think that may, may be influencing part of it. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I think, I think you're probably right. And it's interesting. I, I do think people are, um, they've become comfortable being vulnerable digitally, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, At yeah. least digitally. <laughs> So where, you know, whereas you might have, you know, 15 years ago, you might have waited for somebody to write a book. Um, now people are sharing thoughts really quickly and freely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd also add too that I really do wonder how much the pandemic played a role in it as well, because we all, all to some degree wanted to connect with other people just because we were isolated. Um, But I think there was probably also that, um, okay, we can't connect with other homeschool families in person, but we can online and it is so accessible and social media. I mean, Instagram, you can find homeschoolers on there like crazy. And then that connects you to this and this and this. Now there's the clubhouse app, which I've been enjoying as well. So I think just being able to connect through all of that during the pandemic, probably some people were really just drawn to and that worked for them and it was a way to connect with others. And then I think what that made me think as well too, is I have found myself like, as I enjoy learning about how we learn and self-directed learning, unschooling and home education. Well, I feel so new and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I also want to share, like, I also feel that, and I've had that in other areas of my life too, in the past. So it's not random, I don't think, but you kind of want to start sharing. And now it's so, it feels pretty easy to share, I guess, even if it's just through like an Instagram post, that's super easy. Um, I have, and I mean, it's the topics exploded too, I think, because of the pandemic as well. So you're seeing other people share and talk about it probably, um, you know, then you're more likely to share more as well. Um, but I think that piece is key to like what you guys were talking about, like that being vulnerable, like more comfortable to be vulnerable to share. A lot of it is quite personal. Um, and that's actually what I would say has held me back from only starting to share a little bit now, because I have found I've wanted to share. I've been, you know, maybe this would be helpful to someone else or even just wanting to share to connect with other people but finding it a little bit hard to share something that feels 
personal um, and private about our family and then trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to do that? And I'm just, I think, I guess I take my time doing that. Um, but I, I do think the pandemic probably played um, a big role in that, I think. There's, there's two things that, that come to mind when you were talking about that, Ashley, because um, first of all, I think you're right that um, people feel like they want to share, but even more like more in the immediacy to share. For me, I, I'm, as you were talking about it, it came to me that I also have this feeling of like, I need everyone to treat their kids like this. Like, this is so important because in our poli- in, in our political landscape and like the way that we're so, um, so polarized, it just, it feels like a lot of the things that we, you know, racism and sexism and childism are all related. And it felt like, you know, this is like really important. <laughs> you know, this just needs, I need to, I need to, if I influence one person, you know, and they treat their children differently. Um, and then those children t- treat their children differently. Like it just, it just felt like um, I had to spread the message, you know, like that, that was part of it. So I don't know if other people, you know, are doing it for that reason too, but it just felt like I have to, it's urgent. And, and then um, Ashley, to, to speak to that whole personal thing, that's part of the reason that I needed to take a break because it is so personal and it's, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to be on all the time and to always be sharing um, because there are some really uncomfortable things that you experience or there are things that are private and they don't give the context to your decision. So I feel like there were things that I couldn't say that I had to leave out because they're just personal. But then I, like the decisions being made because of those personal reasons aren't fully, you know, like the the public wouldn't understand or wouldn't know the full story. And not that I care what anyone thinks about what I'm doing. I really don't. It's just that I, if other people are trying to base their decision off of how I'm doing something, I want to be very careful about how I present myself online and in public spaces, because I don't want anyone to presume anything, you know? And so it it was, that was challenging. And I felt like that was part of the reason I just needed to step back. And I did what I think was really important. And I do think that, you know, like it's helpful, but it's now like come to an end. (laughs) Yeah. No, I look at like, oh, sorry, Erin, go ahead. Go ahead, Ashley. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I look at people like Jenna and other um, like podcasters, especially just other people in the community. Aaron, you as well, who share their story um, in such a way that I admire because you're not just we're not just sharing our story; we're sharing our family's story and our children's story. Um, and I have been paying closer attention to and like thinking back to different podcast episodes I've listened to and stuff. And I think, wow, they've done this in such a respectful way that it still like gave me what I needed as the listener and as the person like consuming the information, but in a way that I perceived anyway, as you know, 
not that I would worry if you disclose too much to me, but I think it's something that's not easy to do. It sounds easy at first. I didn't even used to think about it before until I started sharing a little bit more of our story. And I thought, how did they do that? Like, how did they do this while still respecting their children's privacy and their partner's privacy and stuff? So I think it, um, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. No. Yeah. And, and yeah, go ahead, Erin. No, I was just going to say, I, I, there's so much in what you both said that just kind of jogging, jogging things, thoughts in my mind. Um, and that's so true, Ashley. And, and Jenna, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about the fact that you're right. You, you know, you have this, these two years of pandemic and simultaneously you have loads of other political things happening. So people are, I mean, I think the decision to homeschool and unschool, uh, you know, is potentially political on some level anyway. And then you have all these things coming to the forefront. Um, and so you're learning and you're able to just really see so many other things through a different lens as well, that it's really, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's wonderful to have outlets to be able to, you know, send some messages and say some things and express some things. And at the same time, uh, overwhelming, <laughs> overwhelming in in your own energy level with with sharing and sometimes overwhelming I think for us all in what we're all taking in from other people um, as well and Ashley something you had said earlier about the fact that you know people were wanting to connect the whole kind of virtual explosion um, people were maybe feeling lonely and just wanting to connect and not just from a difficult perspective but when you are growing and learning things you want to share that with other people as well and something that I think I hadn't fully taken into consideration and I guess I'm going back a little bit on my I said I was envious that you know I felt like oh this would be so much easier (laughs) to start homeschooling during the (laughs) um but I hadn't realized I think how much people are still having to explain themselves or or have some backlash. And it, it you know, I, I have heard, um, you had mentioned Kiki earlier, Ashley, and yes, yeah, she's done some really uh, kind of interesting chatting about that and writing about that. And I kind of had this thought of like, really, these are the same, these are the same things that I was answering, you know, 18 or 19 years ago. Um, so it's changed, but maybe, maybe not, maybe not as much as I think it has. And so opportunity to to connect and support one another. Yeah. And I think like what we're touching on here maybe is that it's like, what do they say? Like walking the beaten path or going off the beaten path, right? Like it's not mainstream. It always makes me think back. I find it so interesting that we're an unschooling family now because I'm like, there's a real link here between um, unschooling families who also started off like that attachment parenting. I mean, there's all the different terms for that um, as well. And you know, that attachment parenting wouldn't, I still think wouldn't be considered mainstream. It's starting to feel that way to me because I've been so in it that that's like, of course, that's the normal way of doing things. Um, But I think, yeah, when you're, I have to even now still um, very much so um, make sure I spend enough of my time listening to the podcast, um, being involved in an unschool, more like multiple unschooling communities, um, making sure every once in a while I'm reading a book on self-directed learning, 
because every time I do, it fuels me up. I'm like, right, this is what makes sense. This is why we do this. I need to hear from the other people. Um, whereas, and then I get over, then I'm like, okay, too much. I need to take a little bit of a mental break. And I've consumed a ton of information, which I've enjoyed, but it's putting the brakes on. And I take like a month or two or whatever, where I step away from it all. And I just need a break from it. And I'm sure you know that, that that's pro- all that stuff's processing. But I, ha- I always go back. I, I don't stay away for long. And I, I think part of it is because I don't have family members and friends around me living this way and making these choices. So I'm so grateful for Jenna taking the time to put a podcast together to learn how to do that. And like I can Robin Robertson Robertson has the Honey I'm Homeschooling podcast. Pam Lurkia has her podcast. Kiki's doing hers. I mean, there's so many that I've gained so much from and benefited from that. I then too start to think like you start to want to give back as well, because I think that helped us so much. So maybe if I share a little bit of my story, absolutely, it will help me, but maybe it will help other people as well. And Jenna, like going off what you were saying too, I do believe children and their parents and family members benefit from this so much, not to say everybody should home educate and that that's, you know, the best thing for everyone, but I, I feel like I've described it before as like we've stumbled across this secret thing. Like I want to shout out like, you know, this is a possible option, like a real possible option. Um, and it's so I just constantly think about how a big reason we do this is putting mental health needs on top, which so it's actually really interesting, Jenna, listening to you talk about how your daughter's gone back to school for mental health reasons. And it's a reminder that everyone's different with different needs and different experiences. But a big reason we um, feel very strongly now about keeping the option for our boys to continue unschooling. I mean, they always have the choice and the option to go back to school. That's my thought is, you know, if they want to go to school, they're welcome to go to school. It's all about their choice, their life. But I want to be able to keep our situation where we can continue to invite them to stay home for as long as they want, because I think for, you know, I just think about their mental well-being and that might not be um, something that uh, will be well taken care of if if they're at school. Um, So I think like a big part of it is to knowing how great and because I'm still in the school system teaching sometimes and I see you know, that it's not a perfect place and it has problems that a lot of us know about. And I see the kids that are wonderful and deserve all the opportunities in the world. And some of them are, you know, fine. And then there's ones that you see that are really struggling and you just think like, well, maybe if their parents, (laughs) you know, could learn a little bit about the whatever unschooling. And I know it's not absolutely not an easy option for everybody to choose. And and that's, I don't want to not acknowledge that, but I feel the same as you, Jenna, that it seems like when you learn this, you want to spread the word, like increase the awareness and then people can do what they want with it. Yeah. And I would add just one thing that I think having all of these podcasts, books, blogs, all of that stuff, because it's like doubled since I even started researching it. Um, I think it makes it more normal. Mm -hmm. And so that is great for unschooling because when it feels really weird or, you know, like you can't relate to anyone who's doing it. So for, for example, there are people in the unschooling community who I don't relate to Mm -hmm. at all. (laughs) Um, 
our parent, you know, I mean, even if we both believe in unschooling, like their, their personality, their family life, like whatever it is, does not resonate. And so having people from all different walks of life and different backgrounds and different situations, is only supporting the movement and helping other people find that person they relate to. So I was discouraged at the beginning starting a podcast because I thought, well, oh my gosh, I mean, Pamela Rickia is doing an awesome podcast. Why do we need another podcast? But I thought, okay, you know, maybe not everybody like can relate to, to Pam or, you know, maybe they, maybe they're past teachers. And so like my story really resonates with them because they're an educator and, and they can see like the thing, the things I stumbled on and the de-schooling that I had to do, you know? So I just, I just wanted to say that I think the more people talking about it and the more people writing about it, it's just so wonderful to see the boom and explosion and the different types of ways that people um, also interpret it and, and use it in their lives. So, yeah. And I think, and I'm aware of the time, so I, I'll, I will, I just, I do want to say this though, um, cause you've both touched on it. And I, I think Ashley in the, the last piece that you said around just really wanting to share that information and also acknowledging that it might not be a choice that everybody either can make, you know, or chooses to make at this particular time. But um, it doesn't mean that there aren't elements of it that they can really benefit from. So even if they're not in a situation that they could have their child home, um, you know, Jenna, as you alluded to earlier, you can still hold those same principles. And so your weekend time looks different or your evening time looks different. And I would say even the like the expectations that people have of their children look different when when they can take a step away and say, oh, okay, so we we either can't do this right now or we choose not to, or maybe my child chooses not to. Um, but there are people, like lots of people who, you know, the world's weight does not uh, fall on whether my child gets an A or a B or a C or, or um, and there's just something to that, even if they can't do it in the moment. I feel like it has to take some pressure off um, to see people living with just a calmer, freer, um, more supportive attitude than often they're experiencing in the school system. So I feel I'll just add, there's a great podcast episode related to that specific thing. So if there's somebody listening, I, I want to send them over to that because um, Megan from Unschool Files did a wonderful interview with um I think it's Nikolai and I don't remember her last name and I don't remember the details of the title or anything, but I'm sure you'll find it. It's um, she talks about decentering school and she talks about it from that, that frame of mind, like for parents who absolutely can't, or their spouses absolutely opposed to unschooling or homeschooling, they can still take the principles and use it toward like homework or grading or, you know, all of the things that, that might be stressing your child out or your family creating friction in your family. So I just wanted to throw that in there for anyone who has more. Yeah. And Jenna, I can just quickly add that. So I just pulled it up because I just listened Thank to that. You. I think it was the episode that you're referring to. So the unschool files podcast, which I think that's Megan's right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Decentering school with yep. yeah, Nikolai P I Z A R R O. Yeah. And it was it. really good. It was so good. <laughs> and actually, I can quickly mention, too, that I think it's called Unschooling School. 
Um, a lady in Toronto, her name's Heather. I think her name's Heather, but I don't remember her last name. I want to say she was on Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids podcast. And she maybe about a year ago, roughly. Um, yeah, she's based out of Toronto and she started this like movement. And I think it's called Unschooling School. That idea that that kids can be supported in an unschooling way while they're in school. So there is some resources out there for people. That's great. I'm going to have a peek. I know there are, I know Pam Larecchia has done a couple as well. So I will, yeah, I'll have a look at all those and maybe we can add them in. Um, so good. So good. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Good. I appreciate it. Okay. See you later. <laughs> and this ends our conversation today. We hope you found it interesting and maybe helpful. If you'd like to connect further or see additional content, Haley can be found on the web and on Instagram at Taking a Kinder Path. Erin can be found at Everlearning. And I, Ashley, can be found on Instagram at Ashley as Mama and at Storytime Shelves. We'd be very grateful if you'd share this conversation with anyone you think might appreciate it. Thank you for your time today.